0: Well hello and welcome to episode 5 of the New Testament journey We are together back with Tom, he's returned this week We will get Leslie back on at some point soon, no doubt about it But we are finishing off this week the Gospel of Luke What a book, what a book, what a start to the journey It's been absolutely amazing And we are going to do those last four chapters of Luke which comes into the crescendo. So, Tom, how have you found Luke
1: and, and what did you see this week? Yeah, I mean, it's in a way you're like, wow, I'm so pleased I finished one of the Gospels. Did <laughs> you know this four coming? Yeah. Luke is a big, chunky one. And I, I don't know about you, Andy, but I always find the, the passage on the cross almost the hardest to read mm-hmm. because it's such a familiar topic and it's kind of narrative. And cross is something that can therefore become a little bit losing in its power. Mm -hmm. Uh, Reading it this week, almost have to work hard to be like, okay, engage, engage. What is Luke really saying here? Don't just drift through the relatively familiar passages about, you know, Lord's Supper or about a thief, but actually really engage. What is it that's being said here? Mm. And I have to say, it's... This time around, reading Luke, has felt very much like, oh, it's warfare. What he's talking about is a war going on. Mm-hmm. And, and this is the climax. We get the climax here of the war. So just to jump back into the Gospel, we saw at the start of the Gospel, you know, Jesus comes as the son, the son of David, the son of God. He's anointed, and he goes into battle in the wilderness with Goliath. And it's like... With the devil. With the devil, <laughs> In the form that David does against Goliath. I see. Okay. So he goes and it's like, and it's like here comes the son of David against um, the devil. And it's like David and Goliath battle. Okay. Who's going to win the land? Mm-hmm. Who's going to rule the earth? And we then see throughout the whole of the gospel, Jesus continuing to fight against evil powers over and over again. He casts out demons. And actually we see that these evil powers are influencing those who should have been least influenced by evil, the Pharisees, the temple rulers. Jesus calls them a a wicked and sinful generation. It's like this: the coming together of evil and its influence on the earth rises up against Jesus, Mm -hmm. and Jesus, in these few chapters, comes with the great victory that he brings and the shocking victory that he brings. And the imagery that Luke pulls out, which we can so easily miss, is the imagery of Passover. And really, what Luke is saying is this is a brand new Passover that Jesus is bringing on the cross. Wow. Okay. So,
0: I mean, I've been around a little bit. I know a little bit about Passover, uh, but if I'm coming at this new, like, Luke's been great, hasn't he? Because it's been more for a Gentile, non-Jewish perspective. But what you're saying is that the the Passover meal, which is a Jewish meal, coming out of Egypt. What what are the key the key bits of the Passover meal, and how does how does Jesus, is it fulfil that?
1: Is it park back to that? What's going on here? Yeah, so, I mean, even in just saying Passover, I'm conscious that what I'm actually doing is picking one little part out of a big narrative. Mm-hmm. And the narrative, of course, is, uh, has four aspects to it. So the first aspect of the narrative, of the Exodus narrative, is that Passover achieves freedom from an oppressive power. So the people of, of Israel are in slavery to Pharaoh. They're having to spend their days making him bricks. They're getting whipped if they don't achieve their quota. And, and, and what happens in Passover? is the culmination of God's action to free the people from slavery. So there's been nine plagues. Increasingly, like you know, the powers have been coming up against each other more and more. And then in Passover, this is the one that breaks. Pharaoh, Mm. the the chief God we understand that the Egyptians worshipped was the God of the firstborn son. So it's like Passover is where God, Yahweh, comes and shows he's greater than even the greatest God who could stand against the people of Jesus, the people of him. And so he releases them from power, from Mm. the oppressive power. The second thing is that Passover shows that the Israelites are freed from guilt There's a sense that an an offering needs to be made. God himself has things against Israel, and Passover relieves them of their guilt. It releases forgiveness. The third thing in Passover in this Exodus narrative is that Israel don't just leave Egypt. They get recreated as a new people. They pass through the Red Sea. It's like baptism. It's like there's a new creation beginning, and Israel walking through the wilderness are walking into being like a new humanity, a new Mm -hmm. people of God. And the fourth thing is that Passover marks a model of mission. It shows actually God wins battles through, through his own blood, through self-giving, through sacrificial putting of the blood over the thresholds of houses for mm-hmm. the nations.
0: So as we're talking about this, of course, just like the, you may be sat there thinking, well, I read the readings this week. I didn't see much of what you're talking about. I feel like there's a, a movie that I'm watching a sequel and there's been a movie and there's loads of references
1: back is that what you're saying like there's Yeah so um so that is often how it is with the New Testament like yeah. uh, there's a huge amount of assumed knowledge that it has and we then have to play catch up like we kind of we we learn the New Testament stories and then we have to think oh hold on what's the backdrop for this so for example Jesus achieves freedom so what we see interestingly really interesting is that Luke makes a really big deal of how Pilate and Herod collaborate together against Jesus. And it's like this kind of oppressive power and this oppressive power, the Romans and the, I think it's the Hasmoneans, is it? Who are the, the ruling class mm-hmm. of the Jews who are really mistreating the ordinary everyday people. They come together and make agreement for the first time. And they do it against Jesus. And Luke references this again in Acts chapter four, I think it is. Where he says, these guys come together. Why do the nations... Rage, why do the people plot in vain? And he says, these two guys came together. It's like this is a symbol of how humans come to try and stand against God. Mm-hmm. And it's an example of Pharaoh. It's like they are once again acting out what Pharaoh did yeah. to
0: Israel. Like all the power of the state, all the power of the religious establishment together in one.
1: That's brilliant, Andy. I hadn't thought of it like that, but yeah. it's exactly that, isn't yeah. it? Um And there's a big thing in the Bible, in the book of Daniel, you see it particularly where beasts become symbols of human powers. Because as we see happens so often, right? You give a person power and they end up using it to dehumanize those they're meant to be serving. And Jesus comes to bring us freedom from their oppression. So
0: that's interesting, though, isn't it? Because he does that by
1: being killed by them yes so i mean that's the that the fourth strand that i pulled out is that the way jesus wins this battle the way that passover shows is it's the death of an innocent that achieves victory now you think oh there's this evil power there's this beastly power what we need to do let's go get our arms let's get our swords jesus like get your swords they're like come on let's get the swords and they go and chop off the guy's ear and he's like no 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 no. that's not how we fight our battles We fight our battle through self-giving sacrifice. And chapter 22 of Luke is Jesus bringing together the disciples to say, let me teach you how we win in my world. Mm. And so he, Jesus grabs the blood and the body, the wine and the bread, and he says, breaking, they're broken, they're given, they're poured out. This is how we win. This is how we win. And, of course, the lamb, the Passover lamb, uh, is just the blood is smeared over the, the lintels, the door frames. Yeah. And then Jesus, what does he do straight away? And he says, you know, like, the the, the Gentiles, they lord it over you, not so with you. Like, you should serve, serve. Yeah. And you see this in all four Gospels. That's so amazing. so the way he wins the battles over the powers is through self-giving sacrifice. Self-giving sacrifice.
0: So that's the freedom piece, maybe slightly... Uh, more direct to see is the enabling of forgiveness, isn't it? Absolutely. So
1: the the verdict of the cross is shown symbolically, actually. We don't get a lot of f- verses in Luke's gospel to say, this is what the cross achieved. Mm. But you, we get the narration of this is what happened on the earth. So he says, darkness came across the whole land, and the sun stopped shining. So what this... What those symbols are is that there's this global act of judgment, like the whole earth is guilty. It's not just, you know, this thing happened to this person. No, across all the land, darkness fell, and the sun, which lights the whole earth, stopped shining. So it's an act of judgment by God against all people. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, yeah. says, says Paul. And when he looks back on these acts and says, this is what this is about – and so what we see luke making clear is that we all deserve to the cross there's an element by which jesus takes on to himself the sins of all people and the sins are the stubbornness the refusal to do what god wants uh the 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 sort of in that s- we all should be on the, you know we talked about separation yeah. if god was just we'd all be people who if we looked at our lives we couldn't say every single second of every single day we have done what God said was the best thing to do. Mm. So we all fall that to some extent, greater or lesser perhaps, but still to some extent. And the the amazing thing is that then just this little hint where Jesus is talking with these thieves either side of him, and one of them's like, you idiot, like, you know, yeah. blah blah blah, and the other one's like, Hold on a minute, like, would you remember me? Yeah. And Jesus says, a statement of victory, today you'll be with me in paradise. This thief, this guy who's done everything wrong seemingly, who deserved to die, he acknowledges himself. He should have, he sinned. He should be falling under the judgment of the cross, but actually even before the cross occurs, Jesus says, no, do you know what? What I'm doing now achieves your passageway into paradise. Uh Amazing. And is
0: there something in going back to the Passover story, the Israelites had to apply the blood to their own home, didn't they? Yeah. And if they didn't, they were still under the judgment. Yeah. And, and so today, uh, what is there an equivalent? Is it taking the Lord's supper? Is it the, the statement of trust like the thief on the cross, but that which is for the whole world, we need to apply to ourselves.
1: Yeah, I think you're right, Andy. And, um, I don't know. I wonder whether sometimes in evangelical churches wanted to say there's this one really clear silver bullet, which is if you pray exactly this form of words yeah. and this prayer, then that's mission accomplished. And Luke doesn't seem to give us that chance. Mm. He, I don't think you get in Luke or even in Acts like a really neat, this is exactly how you do it. But what is absolutely clear is this. If you come to Jesus... His and you kind of take his blood, as it were, and you whatever apply it to your life that achieves for you the forgiveness of sins. Yeah, and that is an act which is probably expressed in a prayer Forgive me, I'm sorry, Jesus, like remember me. The thief says, Or it could be the taking of the body and the blood. I'm always nervous about anything that sums up faith, which is such a complex and sophisticated thing, into one
0: tiny little phrase. And yet Luke has shown us through the whole gospel,
1: like this is for anyone who wants in. Anyone who wants... If you want if you want to rush towards Jesus, if you say, remember me. I deserve this, and yet I ask for you for mercy. Whatever way you express that... Yeah, he'll take you. He'll take you! <laughs> it's good. It's amazing, <laughs> it's isn't it? It's good.
0: And it's not just for individuals, is it? Because you the Passover, it's the forming of a people. Yeah. So how does that play out in... Uh, In
1: Luke's depiction of what what Jesus does. Um, So the new humanity is created. Of course, we now are so individualistic, aren't we? Mm. You know, like um, your phrase that you told us about from Spain, do you have no grandmother or whatever? Yeah. We like to think of ourselves as I'm Tom and I'm born. I'm going to make my life my own. Uh, But the bible's narrative is that there's so much more heritage that you step into and that god is introducing you into a people we're a people being made and um passover shows us this because passover they all did it it's the same night to all of israel and they all together then walk out of egypt that's on mass under moses and this sense i think that okay you might pray a prayer on your own in your bedroom to jesus when you're age 12 or whatever and i might in a uh, in a gathering at spring harvest in Minecraft, you know, age 15 with several other people go forward, but we all walk together as a people into the promised land yeah. as a new humanity. And I think we lose that a little bit too much. Uh, we are brothers.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, we're not blood brothers, but there's something actually deeper and stronger even than what I'd have with Ben or Sam and my blood brothers because of the cross. It, it's like we're remade, the person we were has almost died on the cross and now is a new person Yeah, who is intricately tied to every other person who's gone through that same journey.
0: Yeah, pulls them together.
1: I think it does. So, so the Passover imagery, I think, maybe brings an extra richness. I hope it does for you. For me, it brings such a richness to think, God, actually, this is what happened to me. When I became a Christian, yeah. this is what would happen to me if I was to become a Christian. These, incre- I, I'd have like freedom from oppressive powers. I'd have total forgiveness of everything I've ever done wrong. I'd be utterly clean and pure and blameless. Yeah, and I'd be part of this incredible people who God is taking somewhere. And as Luke shows, like we are a people who don't just now live like a life, but we are people living a mission shaped by the cross yeah. we are the people who go and carry the light to the nations we are the people who wait to be clothed with power from on high the temple has been torn that the um curtain so now the pr- we are people in the presence of god releasing the presence of god to say to a crippled beggar at the temple gate hey i don't have money or silver or gold but get up and walk and to say to uh, this demonized girl, you know, be free from the demon or whatever it is. Like this, this is what it is to be the people of God. Yeah. Superb! It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it um, so anyway, that's sort of a bit of a summary of what's gone on in these chapters. Andy, what as you read it through, tell us what did it make you think about Jesus? What? Yeah. Well,
0: there was a, there was a couple of things um, that kind of interacted with with my week as well. It's funny how that that often happens um i think for me jumping into these these chapters this week and we took the lord's supper on sunday mm-hmm. um and i relate to what you said you know sometimes we can read these chapters and it's can be over familiar you kind of get into that mode of i know this uh, and yet if you can just slow down a little bit I, and i think as well particularly when i was a young Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always a bit like, why do they spend so much on the details <laughs> of the last week? And then I, I think now um, I, I love it because it's like, oh, Jesus, you know what it is to be betrayed. You know what it is to be under the hands of an oppressive regime, to be shunted from Pilot to Herod and back again, you know that kind of bureaucracy. <laughs> I've only experienced it on a kind of limited basis, but you know some of our friends in English school, are, you know, they get passed from pillar to post, from administration to administration, and their lives are on hold. And it's like, oh, Jesus, you knew that, you knew that, you know that, um, you were rejected by the crowds. You know what rejection is. You you suffered under the hands of the soldiers. You were crucified and just that richness of the Catholics have the stations of the cross, don't mm. they? The mm. Reflection, 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 reflection. Because we don't have a high priest who who doesn't know what it is to suffer. Mm. He's been there um for for each of us. Um so it's just so so good to spend spend time on the cross. It made me grateful that Jesus, you know you know these sufferings. You can sympathize with us in our weakness, so that that was just really, really wonderful um and then on the kind of more challenging side um been having interesting conversations with my kids um and we've had the kind of conversations before of oh, you know why don't we wear um two types of uh, material it, why don't we follow that law from the old testament and then we we were talking about some of this and my daughter says to me so uh what commandments from the new testament are you not following <laughs> <laughs> and it was really challenging really challenging just to think that through and I, I think for me um i was challenged by the the luke 21 stuff of am i ready am i living with a state of readiness?" Um, that jesus will return um i don't know if we go into it. it's interesting that chapter how much of it is about what already happened in in jerusalem and how much is pointing to his return uh, but for me it's been a challenge because a guy says he will return do i trust that well yes i have to now because he's resurrected from the dead mm. so that's the, such a big thing for the resurrection for me is i now if I believe him, I will trust what he says. Mm. And one of the things he says is, I will return. Mm. I will return. And I just the last last week's episode as well, this week, am I ready? Am I living with a sense of readiness? Mm. Am I living with that sense of the one who suffered all those things for me will also return to make all things new? And I want to be found on the right side of the separation. And I think if I'm honest... Emotionally I'm not quite where I should be on that I think I'm too complacent I think it's too far off in the future for me And it's just been a a stir To be like this guy rose from the dead He said this would happen He said Jerusalem will fall And it did Mm. And he says he's coming again So will you trust him So it's been a comfort You know what it is to suffer And it's been a challenge of Mm. I'm coming back Make Mm. sure you're ready Make sure you there. How about for you? What what jumped out?
1: I think I mean just the simplest thing, but I just came back to again that Jesus did this for us. Like he yeah. went through all of this for me. I mean, I've just been reading quite a lot of Paul and thinking quite a lot of Paul's life, and he his summary is Jesus loved me and gave himself up for yeah, me, yeah. And, and I think sometimes I can get quite. I love, I love sort of all the, this is what this is, and this is the imagery from here. And Mm. this, I think that enriches us. But ultimately, that all that enrichment must lead us to the point that, and so I think Jesus was a real person who suffered these real things. Yeah. Just because he loved me. He, he was a mega genius. He had all power available to him. Mm. He says, I, to the guys, don't you think I could just call like a thousand angels and they just come and do this? But what's, what restrains him? Love. Yeah. And why doesn't he lord it over people? Love. Cause he loves me yeah. and he loves you. And uh, to be honest, I think that just the joy that that brings up in me, Yeah, like, I'm really, I'm really, really loved. And that has changed my life. That's just utterly, it changes me, softens me again and again. Mm. And I guess aligns to that because lots of people can say they love you and want to help you. And and some of them really do. Yeah. And they really want to help you. But he not only had love, but he had power. Yeah. So he, he loved me and he did what needed to be done. Like he won the victory. So I now live a life that is steeped in his victory.
0: Yeah.
1: I find that utterly, utterly amazing. And still something I'm trying to wake up to more and more. So that that was where I, that that fed into my prayer life this week. Yeah. Oh God, you you are you are the one who loves us and brings victories. So we're gonna be on
0: into Acts, which is written by the same guy, Luke, the sequel. First part we've done all that Jesus began to do and teach, and then we're going to step into the Book of Acts. We'll already have done Acts chapter one on Friday, but if you have, if you've not done it quite yet, you can catch up. Is there any like, you know, as as we look ahead on the next portion of the journey into the Book of Acts, as people start to engage with that, is there anything you'd want to say to us? Just how to how to engage in that, how to how to look at the Book of Acts
1: well i think acts in a way is easier to read than a gospel mm-hmm. because i think the stories tend to be slightly less familiar and what that hopefully means is that you can use your imagination as you read them and think hold on a minute like what would this actually have been like like could i actually imagine myself in this situation yeah. and um i think if we do that like there's there's just immense immense riches to be gathered from acts like you think hold on a minute this is what god made the church look like before maybe we all kind of got a little bit i don't know stale <laughs> this is what it could look like now yeah yeah
0: amazing so jump in as always daily updates on the website with the devotionals and just want to encourage you keep on keeping on you know these five six seven minutes of listening in the, in the morning like It's very difficult to think of a better investment of time than just placing ourselves before the New Testament, placing ourselves before the words of Jesus, doing a little bit more of just, okay, imagining myself there, praying it through, seeking to live it. It's absolute dynamite, so keep going with it.